Hello and welcome back to the Diz Dads Podcast Midweek Destinations and Diversions Show. It's the Dad Show, your hump day vacation fix for Wednesday, August 7th, 2019. The Dad Show is brought to you by Kingdom Strollers. Kingdom Strollers is Orlando's premium stroller and crib rental vendor. Why pay more for a less comfortable, less versatile stroller in the theme parks? Make your reservation at KingdomStrollers.com. You'll pay less for the rental, and they'll deliver the stroller of your choice to your resort. And pick it up in the resort at the end of your vacation for free. Kingdom Strollers, your first choice for Orlando's stroller rentals. And a Disney-featured stroller vendor. This week on the podcast, we welcome back a, a frequent Dad Show contributor, Michael Ty. Uh, welcome back to the show, Michael. Yeah, thanks for having me, Aaron. Glad to be back. This is the, the first show back in quite a while, and um, one of the things that is sort of enabling us to get things going and come back again is that I'm getting a lot of additional help from a number of people who have been uh, sort of participants in and, and supporters of the podcast for quite some time, and Michael is one of those people who has volunteered to give generously of his time. One of the things he's going to be doing for us is helping to coordinate um, scheduling of uh, dad show recordings. So if you have a trip coming up or you've taken a trip that you would love to talk to us about on the show, shoot an email to Michael and he'll get you in the queue. Mm -hmm. Um, Michael, where should they send those notes to let you know that they're interested? Um, if they want to send a note, uh, they can reach out on Facebook. Uh, they can direct message me on Facebook. Uh, Michael D- Ty is my profile. Uh, most of the uh, DizDad participants have my profile. Or they can send me an email at michael.b.tie, T-I-G-H-E, at gmail.com. All right. So that'll be great. That'll help us uh, continue our tradition of getting new and different voices on the show, particularly when it comes to you know, sharing some vacation experiences. Um, now, for this particular show, Michael does have a, a trip he's going to talk about. And you know, those of us who uh, follow Michael's adventures through Facebook know that he has the, the luxury of making uh, several trips a year to Walt Disney World. Uh DVC owners, and so they get to to leverage that and some family that lives down there. And we want to talk about a, a trip that was unique even for Michael because uh, he headed down over Memorial Day weekend for a long weekend trip to celebrate his wife's birthday. Correct. So, Michael, why don't you set the stage for us a little bit? Where did the plans for this trip come together? Mm-hmm. Was this something that just kind of popped up and said, hey, you know, let's go do this? Or, or was this one that you kind of you know, planned out for farther in advance because it was a special event? Um, it was uh, actually a little bit of both. Uh, usually our plans take us down uh, family-wise over the summer because of schooling and so forth uh, sure. at the end of July, which always happens to be right around my birthday. And for about though the last oh, year or so, my wife has been saying, well, why don't we go for her birthday? And oh, our schedules okay. worked out. Um, and we had actually planned this trip uh, right after uh, 
the Dizdag Club Convention. So it was a Memorial Day four-day uh, trip that we decided just to go down. Uh, we were lucky uh, with the fact that we did not have any children with us. This was an adults-only birthday trip, so we got to really focus in on some really unique birthday-type celebration and different side of Disney. Okay, so you stayed, you mentioned before we started recording, at um, Kidani Village. And uh, one thing I, I think you had indicated some hesitation about mentioning, but, but but I think this is important. I think people need to understand both that this kind of thing happens sometimes and how to be effective advocates for themselves. So um, you checked in at Kidani Village and had a bit of a frustrating surprise when you checked into your Savannah View room. <laughs> Oh, absolutely. Uh, we, you know, have stayed at Kidani before. We go and we open up the balcony, you know, to go out and look at the zebras and the giraffes and all the the wildlife on the savanna. And we have a beautiful crane with a temporary wall because they are repainting the outside of Kidani Village. Yes, this is not one of those cranes that has the cool, you know, comb at the top of his head. No, no, this is the no. kind of the crane with a, you know, construction worker in a hard hat sitting at the controls. Correct. Repainting the outside of Kidani Village. Yeah, that was not the most magical birthday surprise. <laughs> uh, no, it wasn't. Uh, we figured we weren't going to be spending a lot of time in the room anyways, uh, so we didn't say anything. Uh, we just enjoyed Kidani. Um, the animals still came around when the workers were not making lots of noise, so it really in the be all end all, it was like a quick letdown for really no reason. Everything worked out just fine. Okay. So the key here is that understand that this kind of thing happens. It happened a couple of years ago when they were doing all of that work over at Wilderness Lodge. And there was a several month period where there was scaffolding up along one, one wall there um, because they were doing work there. All we can say is, you know, try to stay current about this kind of thing, see what's happening be able to anticipate it. And that way, you know, for example, if Michael had known that they were doing this work, then at check-in, he could have said, you know, by the way, it's my wife's birthday. We really are looking forward to the Savannah View. Can you make sure that we're not on the side that, where the construction is happening or where the painting is happening? And absolutely, they'll do their best to accommodate. Um, they can't always, but it, it's a simple thing. And in my experience, at least, the folks that are the most likely to get help are the ones who simply make a polite request as they're checking in the ones who throw tantrums. <laughs> I, I mean, sometimes yeah. they get what they want, but no. the, the cast members don't forget. Let's put it that way. No, the cast members don't. And I think uh, you hit the nail on the head right there, Aaron, uh, polite the cast members are people too. They are, um, most of them are working uh, out of love at Disney, especially the cast members that have a lot of interaction with the guests and the, a polite request is usually met with a lot more, um, a lot more positive results. Yeah. Okay. So putting that frustration aside, you had a lot of fun and exciting stuff on the docket for this trip. So you mentioned that you had done, uh, some, some things in, uh, Disney Springs on this trip, right? Um, we did go to Disney Springs. Uh, we, uh, ate dinner uh, over at Disney Springs at the House of Blues. Oh, so no, I haven't been down to House of Blues in quite a while because you know there's so much new dining at Walt Disney World. I think sometimes we forget about the stuff that's <laughs> been around for a while. Yep. So 
what is was there something in particular that drew you to House of Blues this time, or um, where you happened to be? We happened to be out and about. Um, we're walking around. Uh, we were doing Disney without dining reservations. Uh, so it was pretty much we were walking around and we were getting hungry. So we started walking to various restaurants where their menus looked appealing to us and just said, when can you seat us? And we were using my Disney experience uh, to see what the wait times were because we knew some restaurants um, uh, were just inaccessible as, as a walk up just because they were new with uh, significant crowds. Um, but yeah, you're not going to uh, so walk we, up at Haleo on Memorial Day weekend. Um, no, but actually they told us that if we wanted to wait, it'd probably be 20 to 30 minutes, which was wow. a real shock. That's not bad. Be- because they also told us that they keep a certain number of tables back just for the walk-in guests as uh, well. Well, yeah, and that's one of those things that I, I think is probably a bit more common among the Disney Springs restaurants than it is uh, most of the other places. Because I think Disney Springs expects a certain amount of drop-in visitors, for lack of a better way to put it, right? I mean, they expect people who live in the area to come. They expect people who are not Disney guests to come and eat in their restaurants. And so, um, you know, that's a a really useful tip. If you're finding yourself kind of stuck without a dinner reservation, if you can get yourself down to Disney Springs, the chances of a high quality walk up are probably better than the chances of a high quality walk up in a park. Yes. And so, uh, Disney Springs, adult wise, Disney Springs in the evening on, I believe this was a Friday evening. Uh, there were multiple live music acts in various places. House of Blues had one outside um, at their little walk-in bar. They also had a headlining ticketed event inside on their stage. Um, and there were also several musical acts throughout the rest of the springs as we walked around as well. So the environment is very, 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 very different on, on a Friday evening. Plus it is crowded. Yeah, I mean, um, that you, is one well, you, thing. Had, you had all of the things, you know, playing yeah. together here because it was <laughs> Friday evening, Memorial Day weekend, um, and you were in Disney Springs. So it's, it's you know, even all the locals, yes. right, who are starting their long weekend are, are coming to hang out, um, oh, which yes. is, in some ways, it's crowded, but it does mean that they kind of take, you know, uh, pull out all the stops in Disney Springs and make use of those new open spaces for, you know. yes. Uh, good entertainment. Correct. And the entertainment was excellent. I mean, it was good just to sit down. I mean, the temperature uh, Memorial Day is very temperate, especially in the evening. Um, so it's a, for a somebody that's from, you know, central Ohio, that May, it's kind of like, feels like summer, but with a little less humidity that the summer Florida provides. <laughs> <laughs> so it was, it was, it was very nice. It felt more like uh, central Ohio summer, huh? Yes. So, so how was your meal at House of Blues? Uh, meal at House of Blues was great. Uh, they accommodated special diets, and my wife and I both have a special diet. She is gluten-free, and I am on a low-carbohydrate diet, and they were extremely accommodating. Um, if the server didn't know, he got the answers, So, and they were able to modify their menu, and that's something I found at almost every Disney restaurant or any restaurant on property. Uh, they are accommodating for special diets. 
yeah, significantly and I, accommodating. And it's good to hear that they were able to do it even on the fly. I mean, you know, we hear all the time about how much they can be accommodating, especially when you tell them about a, a dining need when you make an ADR. But in this case, even as a walk-up, you simply let the server know and they were able to take care of you. Absolutely. Um, in fact, it sounds like it happens quite a bit. Uh, where people just say, hey, I can't have this, I can't have this, or I'm allergic to this. Um, and if you say the allergy word at Disney, it sets off pretty much <laughs> alarm bells on your server right. because they will actually cook on uh, different surfaces for no cross-contamination or anything else like that. So um, it's they're very accommodating, even on the fly, very right. accommodating. Great. Um, so th- that was that was some Disney Springs action. Um as long as we're talking about dining, we should probably go ahead and jump up and, and talk about the sort of signature birthday dining event that you guys came up with. Uh, some people would go for the dinner at Victoria and Albert or, you know, you were staying at, at Kidani. You know, Chico is a great option. But <laughs> you decided to, to try something that's maybe a little bit newer and a, a different kind of, of dining experience. Well, yeah, the California Grill Brunch. Um, I would recommend that to any listener, any of my friends, anybody that has an opportunity to be at uh, the Walt Disney World Resort on a Sunday morning. I think it's starting to become one of the harder dining reservations to get because the secret is out as to what exactly it is. It is a very unique and special event. All right. So talk about it a little bit. Um, what makes it so special? What makes it so unique? Well, you it's your it's the California Grill, so obviously you have to have reservations. You go up a special elevator in the Contemporary. Um, it is very much a Disney signature restaurant. You have an elevator attendant that walks you in. You walk in. They they have you basically in the lounge area. It is a champagne brunch. So the first thing you do is you're you're greeted by a maitre d. Uh, he hands you two glasses of champagne or mimosa. Um, with the little uh, floating uh, boba balls in them as you're waiting to be seated. Obviously, if you have a reservation, it only takes a minute or two. Let's let's make sure we're clear. They handed you two glasses because there were two of you at brunch. Correct. Right. You're not two-fisting it (laughs) at brunch. Uh, At least not yet. You you actually could. Um, They are bottomless uh, well drinks. So if you wanted to sit up there and drink you know, two gallons of mimosa, you probably could. Well, um, let's let's leave the ability part aside for now. I don't want to yes. be responsible for stomach pumpings. No, and and you honestly, you know, having a mimosa is great. Um, you know, clear the palate because the mater dia. Uh, once they'll ask if you have been to the brunch. Um, if you have not, they will walk you through the brunch and show you the various stations. Um, the the because there's a buffet style brunch, uh, buffet stations, and there are also um, there's also a menu as well for the brunch. So it's kind of like a it's a sit down restaurant and a buffet at the same time. So, what what kinds of things do you find um, on on that buffet? Uh, just like the California Grill, you will find an assortment of their high end sushi, uh, similar to their evening menu. Uh, with a lot of California rolls, uh, you will find uh, charcuterie and cheese. Uh, you will find some seasonal salads. Uh, you'll find some salmon, uh, some caviar. Uh, you will find uh, they have a 
dessert station. It is a bourbon glazed. Uh, they call it a, I believe it's a baba, uh, which is kind of a, it's more of a bourbon glazed dessert type cake with a scoop of ice cream. So that's kind of, we save room for that at the end. Okay. Um, but there's also um, seasonal breads uh, available as well. Um, so that's what's throughout the um, brunch area. Right. And we're talking the charcuterie, you're talking prosciutto, you're talking salamis, uh, you're talking uh, very, very, very high-end uh, charcuterie. Uh, and the fact that you can also um, have – there's some caviar on the uh, buffet as well if oh, you're wow. willing to try. Exactly. Um, so okay. that is the buffet. And then you're also – when you get back, you're handed a menu because you're almost – you are almost expected to order from the menu at least once, almost uh, encouraged to order whatever you would like. And that is the one thing about the California Grill Brunch that's very interesting. If you would like to order everything on the menu, you can. All right. So you could say, um, yes, I would like the left side of the menu, please. Uh, exactly. Um, but there are very uh, excellent choices for their brunch. Um, you have a lobster eggs Benedict, uh, which is excellent. Their steak and eggs, I would recommend to anybody. Um it is an excellent eggs prepared your way um, for the bacon aficionados. Uh, if you ask for bacon um, and ask for a lot of bacon, they will bring you a tray probably with a pound of bacon on it. And it <laughs> they and don't it mess around. Not, and it's not your traditional applewood bacon that you would get at most of your Disney restaurants. It is a cherry wood smoked bacon. It's a little thicker variety, a little more meat and than fat blend. Um, so it is actually a very hearty, very tasty bacon. They make their own sausage. So their breakfast sausage is a unique blend. It's different. Um, it is a really unique experience. And then on top of it, you add in the view, uh, they have a cellist and a violinist and a pianist that are playing throughout the brunch. Uh, there is no time limit. You can stay until they ask you to leave. And asking you to leave is when they're turning the restaurant for dinner. Uh, <laughs> so we left. Our reservation was at 10 o'clock, and I think we were finished. And we actually left the California Grill right around 1230. So that's two and a half hours of sitting down and eating and enjoying ourselves and relaxing. Okay, so here's the thing about that then. I mean, th this is not an inexpensive meal by any stretch of the imagination, as you can imagine, based on the description here of, of what all they serve. Um, do you remember roughly what they charge? It's $100 a person. If you want the Bloody Mary bar, uh, the Bloody Mary bar, I believe, is an additional $15 per person for um, uh, unique Bloody Marys. Right, okay. So, so so you get this brunch, and it's it's – Roughly, what, $120 plus tip per person. Correct. Um, but it's also a solid two and a half hours of essentially entertainment, right? Relaxation it's and enjoyment. Relaxation, enjoyment, um, phenomenal food. If you get something off the menu and you don't like how it's prepared, they'll prepare it again for you. They'll prepare you something different. They'll make modifications. Um, they were accommodating to our special diet as well. Extremely accommodating. Even brought Gretchen some gluten-free rolls that they made up that day. Very nice. Um, 
And if you like coffee, all of their coffee, they bring you a little uh, press pot. So you get a press pot coffee as well. It's, nice. It is an excellent meal, and that's one that I would recommend to anybody to go and enjoy. Okay. Well, so that was a, a great sort of signature birthday event, but you weren't done doing birthday <laughs> celebration stuff. So Correct. talk about some other ways that you celebrated Gretchen's birthday during this trip. Okay. A couple different ways. Um, one in the mornings when I was out, because I like to run and I'll run at Kidani Village. I'll get up in the morning before the sun comes up or right as dawn's breaking. Well, and nothing one, like having lions chase you to make you run fast, right? <laughs> oh, exactly. Well, at Kidani Village, there's not a lot of running trails. So you end up running in the parking lots and some of the other areas around there because the main roads at Kidani are have no sidewalks, so you can't run on them. So you end up running laps basically in the parking lot. Oh. And around the pool areas and such, but that I seems stopped like in. such a shame, such an, an oversight. I mean, what would it, it take to to set up a running trail that actually had a view of the savanna? Oh, it'd be absolutely, it would be beautiful, and, and I agree. It it does seem like quite an oversight. Um, so, but on one of my runs, I stopped in at guest services and just told them, oh, you know, hey, it's my wife's birthday today, and all I was looking for was a birthday pin. Sure. You know, I just wanted to get her a birthday pin. So I show back up on my run and hey, look, I've got her her birthday pin for the day before we even go to any of the theme parks. Oh, brownie and, you know, for Michael. You know, exactly. You know, just trying to, you know, make it as special as possible for her because it is her birthday. And that's all I did is I got the birthday pin. They said, no problem, Mr. Ty. They, she made the birthday pin. It was really nice. And then she says, oh, what room are you in? And I told her my room and nothing of it. And everything was good. We went to the theme park with the birthday pin, came back that evening after dinner, and inside was a plate of strawberries, chocolate-covered strawberries with scripted chocolate on it, happy birthday, a personalized card from the concierge uh, saying congratulations and happy birthday, basically. Um, There was some white chocolate, uh, white chocolate giraffes of all things, and it was completely unexpected, uh, complete Disney magic. Uh, they didn't charge us for any of this. Um, there was no extra on the bill. There was no, well, can you do this? I never asked for it. They just went ahead and did it. And Love so it. that's something. And it's just little Disney magic here and there. And I think just you had hearkened on the beginning about being polite. And it was just because I had a conversation with the concierge that morning. you know, And I just was really polite to say, hey, do you have a birthday pin that I can get for my wife? It's her birthday today exactly and and just the little banter back and forth and being invested in what they had to say as well and they made it that day very 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 special that sounds great so we've talked about a bunch of things that happened sort of (laughs) outside the parks because being frequent visitors i I think maybe a, a bigger chunk of your experience happens outside of parks because you don't feel compelled, right, to run to the park. But you did have some nice in-park experiences during this vacation as well. So why don't we talk about some of your favorite things that happened in parks during this trip? Uh, One of our favorite things uh, in park during the spring at the Epcot Center is the Flower and Garden Festival. And that is probably our favorite festival Um, If you've listened to any of the other podcasts I've been on where we talk about when we were there in the spring, we always make it a point to go to the Flower and Garden Festival. Um, And it's now the Flower, Garden, and Food Festival. (laughs) That's right. They they, they bring out um, 
probably about a third, I would say, of of the uh, uh, food and wine festival booths, and sort of re-outfit them for for flower and garden. Correct. Um, they come up with um, some local seasonal type foods. They also come up with some more uh, flower oriented foods. Like you'll have a food kiosk that specializes in honey. You'll have one that specializes in Florida flavors and tastes, which has a lot of citrus in it. Uh, there is a Jamaican one, and then you'll have your traditional or standard, almost food and wine type booths where you know each one of the countries has their own unique spin on it. Right. All right. Any any particular uh, standouts? I mean, my usual favorite, and I'm not even sure if it was there um, for this particular iteration. It seems to, you know, come with slight variations. But um, the Florida Fresh booth traditionally has an awesome shrimp and grits that I <laughs> just love. Um, the shrimp and grits were back again, uh, so I'm happy to tell you that they were there. Um, being on low carbohydrate diet, I. Um, I had to skip the grits. <laughs> I had to skip the grits, but actually there is a, or it was a smoker over at the America's Pavilion. And it was an excellent smoker. And all I did was tell them that, you know, hey, I can't have the potatoes. And can we skip the bun on a pulled pork? It was, what was it? It was a pulled pork and sausage and brisket slider. So it was a little bit of every kind of smoked meat they had there without any sauce on it. And because I didn't ask for a bun, they pretty much gave me an entire plate full of meat Awesome for $8. And that's the wonderful thing that we've always liked about the festivals there. It's small plate. Um, you're not breaking the bank. Um, you feel like you're kind of eating everywhere, but when it's all said and done, you've had about probably more food than a sit down meal at Disney World for about the same price. Well, and and, it, and you've, you know, walked from place to p- place, so yes. you don't necessarily feel so kind of, mm-hmm. you know, bloated and full. Correct. And what they do also with with all the festivals there, but the Flower and Food and Festival, um, you have your food you have your food booths and they always have a cocktail of choice too, which is a unique cocktail for the Flower Festival. Um, so you'll have different cocktails at each one of these booths as well. So if you do want your if you do want a cocktail at Epcot, you can get a very unique cocktail. Um, one of the, the biggest hit that I saw at the Flower Festival uh, is the Frushi at the Japan Pavilion. Right. So why um, don't you explain what that is? It is, it is a fruit-based sushi. And instead of using rice, it uses coconut and it uses um, kind of almost sugared – it's fresh melon – uh, it's a, they call it coconut rice, but what it is, it's more of a sweetened coconut. That's been kind of, yeah, it's kind of sweetened shredded coconut. It, it's definitely right. a dessert as opposed to, yes. you know, a fruit salad side dish kind of thing. Correct. Um, and that the idea is it's sort of the artisanship of sushi, but yes. instead of using fish, they're using mm-hmm. various fruit. Correct. And I know, um, Everybody that has it has it raves about it. Uh, it does taste very well. Um, I did take a bite, even though I am on a low carbohydrate diet. I did take a bite because you know every once in a while you have to you have to live a little. Right, right. Well, that sounds good, and it sounds like we got some good highlights there. Um, now, yep. there's also some unique events that go along with 
the the Flower and Garden Festival, and the the kind of enduring one is the uh, the, the music festival, right? The, Correct. The Garden Rocks, and in a lot of ways, uh, I feel like it's underappreciated. Because in my opinion, the Flower and Garden Festival music is usually better music than the in the fall when they when they do it with um, the Food and Wine Festival. Because Food and Wine Festival tends to be essentially cover bands, whereas mm-hmm. uh, Flower and Garden is essentially nostalgia. Uh, so you got some some classic rock while you were there too. Absolutely, and that's I would tell every one of our listeners on this if they're planning to go down in the spring to Walt Disney World, specifically to go to the Flower and Garden Festival, to look online on Disney Parks, on the official Disney site, and look at the um, list of performers for the Garden Rocks and kind of base their trip around that. Uh, Garden Rocks is, you said it's underappreciated, and I absolutely agree. Um, uh, The headliners, they perform three times a day, usually on a Friday, Saturday, Sunday. and they will get bands that um, were big, were really big. Uh, on this time, we saw the Guess Who, um, which the Guess Who was a band from the 1960s, the late 60s. And there's only two original members left. The others, I think, have uh, either passed away, but they had three new members on it. And it was really interesting. The original members, uh, one was the drummer. He was in his... Uh, mid seventies. <laughs> wow! And the keyboardist was also pro- mostly approaching seventy. The rest of the band were in their thirties and forties, and sure. they played and they sounded excellent. They literally sounded like you had just put in, put the music, stream the music through, and you just heard them. It was very, very, very close to um, a studio type recording it was excellent 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 music good energy lots of fun um and literally as they're playing if you looked around you would see all these people streaming through the america's pavilion where you've got this basic this 40 minute rock concert going they play about five or six songs and nobody's watching it i mean there's people in the there's people in the amphitheater and there's people sitting in the amphitheater and the amphitheater is 90 percent full um but everybody else is just kind of walking on by (laughs) on the walkways and it's been my experience in other of the garden rocks events that we've attended it's very much the same thing every time. I mean, there are people that come specifically to come see the show, but the majority of the guests at Epcot are completely oblivious what's going on. They just believe that it's some kind of musical performance like they would like uh the Germany Pavilion provides when they have right. the band out there playing. And it doesn't register at all that, you know, there are a couple of guys up there that have Grammy awards. Exactly. Absolutely. Well, I'm glad you got to see a good one. I mean, look, We'll be honest, and they're not all great. Uh, I've heard good things from other folks, too, about um, the Guess Who and their continuing performances. Um, some are not as strong, but, uh, you know, Guess Who is, is consistently pretty solid, and, and there are several others that do a good job, um, and they continue touring in these kinds of events and and put on a great show. Yeah. Um, I would recommend it, and like I said to our each of your guests out there, you know, grab the event guide, see who's playing. 
And then if you want to base your trip around, you know, and go see and have some nostalgia, you know, it's kind of an added free benefit with your Epcot admission. Um, it's, it's a nice 45 minute break from theme parking. So even though this was a relatively short trip, right, you just had the the four day long weekend, you, you actually found a, an opportunity to head over to the dark side and (laughs) check in on, on things at, at universal as well. Right. Yes. Yeah. Um, we are, we're, we're very lucky on the fact that we have annual passes at Disney world and annual passes at universal. Um, and, well, and there was a time period there where the universal annual passes were really kind of such a good deal. It was hard to pass up. Right. I mean, they were selling, correct. um, 18 month annual passes for the price of a 12 month. Correct. And, and they still are, they're very aggressive in their pricing still. Um, even with new, even with uh, new attractions that they've added, such as the Hagrid's motorcycle ride, right, uh, they're right. still very aggressive because they're 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 angling for the same vacation guest. Right. Sure. So, um, was was there any? I mean, you only had a, a fairly brief time to visit Universal on this trip. Were there specific things that you were there to do, or was it just you wanted to hang out someplace different? Um. I, in this case, you know. Um, we always kind of like walking around the studios and like walking into Diagon Alley and riding the Hogwarts Express. Um, if we're going to go to Universal, that's one of the kind of things that we um, like to do. Uh, Universal, unfortunately, Universal crowds seem to be um, maybe just because of the way Universal is laid out. They may have the same crowd profile that, say, Disney World or Epcot or the Magic Kingdom has, but it just seems like it's always crowded always significantly crowded right, um, right from the time you park your vehicle you know you have to walk through these giant parking decks on these people movers uh one thing i can say about universal uh they have security to get into their park figured out uh their park is designed with the security conscious in mind um every person that comes through that parking deck goes through a central security hub it's very efficient it's very fast um, and that's, I think Disney is actually playing a little catch up there, but we always try to go to Diagon Alley or to, uh, Hogsmeade on the, uh, island side and just kind of enjoy ourselves. Great. So which side did you focus on for this trip? Um, we started off on Islands of Adventure and walked back to Hogsmeade, walked through Hogsmeade, spent a little bit of time in some of the, um, just the gift shops and the boutique shops back in Hogsmeade, and then took the Hogwarts Express over to uh, King's Cross Station and walked into Diagon Alley. Very nice. So were there any particular attractions that you were there to experience, or again, was it mostly just to soak up some atmosphere? This was just to soak up some atmosphere. Um, Universal at times can be their lines and with their uh, pre-purchased fast pass system. Right. Uh, some sometimes, if the park is crowded, which it was Memorial Day, so it was crowded. Um, the lines can be quite daunting for right. a lot of their signature attractions. And this is where you know the the annual pass is nice because it means it doesn't bother you so much to go and just Correct. hang out and soak up atmosphere, but it really highlights the value of when you're going to universal, you know, staying in one of their three premier resorts where you get that uh, express pass included for free. Cause I've noticed that especially for holiday time periods, 
Express Pass will, you know, if you're paying for Express Pass, it'll basically double the cost of your tickets. Uh, it does. I mean, it really does double the cost of your ticket, especially if you want the Express Pass that covers the top tier rides because right. they've got the unlimited Express Pass. So it'll cover yes. all the attractions and, and allow you to use it multiple times per ride. Yes. Um, so other than that, that's that's what Universal is for, is just kind of to absorb some Universal atmosphere. Uh, we had a car this trip, so it's like, well, why not drive over? It's only it's only about 10 miles away from Walt Disney World. Uh, add in traffic, it's about a half hour <laughs> um, on a good day. Right. Uh, but that was, that was our trip to Universal. It was just relatively simple. It was just go over, kind of hang out for a little bit, and then come back. Right. Sure. So I think we've covered pretty much the the core of the trip here. Is there anything important or significant about the trip that we haven't talked about yet? No, I think we've we've hit most of the things. I mean, uh, obviously we did some of the theme parks. We do some of the traditional theme park rides in each one of the parks when we have an opportunity. Sure. Um, one of the things that we like to do on an adults-only trip uh, because we are annual pass holders, we get free photo pass. So we have the photographers take pictures of us everywhere. <laughs> right. And it's just a nice little memory. It's a nice memory for us that we can sit there and we can look at it and laugh and, oh, look at this and look at this magic shot and ask for this. And, oh, this is a new one. Um, and that's that's one of the things that we like to do on an adults-only kind of trip is to relax, enjoy ourselves, get a picture. I think when we went to the Magic Kingdom, we didn't write anything. We just got some pictures taken and left. <laughs> well, yeah, and you know that's great, especially, I mean, for a birthday trip like this where you've got a significant milestone event and you want to have a record of that event, it means you don't have to deal with lugging a camera around and you don't have to, you know— worry about if it rains, finding a place to stash your camera or any of that stuff, but yeah. you can relax a little bit about that kind of thing and still get a whole lot of really great pictures to remember the particular special moment with. Oh, absolutely. And that's, uh, I think the, when you see the price of getting one Disney picture, you'll realize real fast that the uh, memory maker is quite the bargain. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's true. Especially the on-ride photos. Yes. Um, all right. Well, so let's do our, our traditional sort of wrap-up kind of questions. Um, yep. And and I think sometimes I, I'm particularly interested to hear about the answers that you have for these because when you take several trips and sometimes, you know, especially in the summertime, right, where you may take two or three long weekend type trips, um, it's interesting to me sort of, you know, what what how your brain works to come up with what the things are that, that stand out. So uh, again, that's, that's the question that, you know, I like to wrap up with is looking back at this trip, you know, what's, what's that moment? Cause for me, there's, for every trip, there's, there's a transcendent moment. There's the one thing that when I think about that particular trip, there's that one image that pops into my head. And so for you, for this particular trip, what, what's that image that pops into your head? California grill brunch, uh, phenomenal food, um, you can walk out onto the walkway on the 12th floor of the Contemporary, right outside of the California Grill, looks out over the castle, looks over Space Mountain. Um, you got this great food, beautiful atmosphere, um, you know, just that's the perfect, that's the signature item for this trip. Sure. And then... The other piece is, and we talked about some of these things along the way, but if 
you know, somebody else was looking at taking this kind of a trip, you know, maybe a, a long weekend to, to celebrate a significant birthday or something like that, adults only, what's one bit of advice that you would give them, especially somebody who doesn't really have the experience of doing other trips like this as you do? Um, the biggest thing is find the one thing you want to do and be aware of uh, your timelines, especially if you're going to do some kind of signature dining for something that's very difficult to get to. Like the California Grill Brunch is extremely difficult now. It used right. to be a very easy reservation to get. Well, the word is out now that it is and it's one of the more difficult reservations to get. We actually had to use a website that would alert us to uh, when a reservation came open because our original reservation was for 12.30 in the afternoon. And the brunch technically closes, I believe, at 1.30. Right. And they'll let you sit there, but they're not going to be continuing to replenish the tables. Um so it was one of those things. So we tried to we tried and tried and tried and tried and tried to get the uh, time lowered and lowered and lowered. And finally we got, uh, I can't remember which one of the websites we used because there are several out there. Um, but we put in what dining reservation we wanted our party and the put in your, uh, your cell phone number. And if the reservation pops up, they'll send you a text message. And I was kind of a little leery about it. I'm like, eh, you know, am I going to get some calls from Siberia asking me <laughs> about, you know, to change my uh, electrical plan or something. Um, so I thought, okay, you know, I just gave away my cell phone number and I sold it. But actually, honestly, uh, it it worked out. I got the text message um, while we were at Kadani on Friday and actually was able to modify our reservation even more than we had. Um, but that was because we didn't book this trip and didn't book our dining reservations at that 180-day window. So for any of our uh friends that are listening to our podcast, if you're going to do a special trip, be aware of your time limits. If you need to book your dining reservation, there's one dining reservation you have to have. Disney at this point means that you have to be a planner. You can't be very spontaneous with it. Book your trip, build your trip around that. And that's one thing that I would recommend to everybody. Excellent point. Excellent point. Um, and, and a good tip too for any really plan that you really want and is important to you, whether you use a, a third-party tool or or just, you know, keep going back and checking, the bottom line is that people's pl plans change. Every day, yes. people's plans change. So just keep checking because especially if you only need a couple, right? If you only need two seats, the chances of something popping open are much better than if you're trying to find, you know, seating for, for 10. Correct. Um, so keep looking even the day of and somebody who decided that, you know, they have a stomach ache from the night before or <laughs> for whatever reason they're, they're canceling. And, and since Disney is now being better about collecting those no-show fees from the credit card guarantee, people are a little more motivated to actually cancel if they're not going to show up. Correct. Yeah. I think they have up to 24 hours before the reservation to right. cancel. Exactly. Um, and just it, it motivates people to go ahead and cancel instead of holding out or just blowing it off, right? I mean, it used to be since there was no penalty, even if people canceled their trip, they would leave their dining reservations because it didn't matter to them. Um, but, uh, you know, now they get those canceled and it'll open up the space. Yep. All right. Well, 
again, thanks so much for coming on the show and uh, love always having you on. When's the next one coming up? Uh, the next trip. Yep. Um, we are sitting here and waiting for the annual pass holders galaxy's edge preview. Um, we are waiting for our email to explain the procedure on how to register for it. Uh, hopefully it's similar to the Pandora preview. Right. Uh, we lucked out on one of our other trips that we had taken. Gretchen had to come back early. My wife had to come back early uh, for work the next day where I didn't have to work. And she took a bump from Southwest. So we have some Southwest uh, travel money that we get to use. Very and nice. so when Galaxy's, if we happen to get the Galaxy's Edge preview, because we both work in the education field, uh, we'll be able to go hopefully uh, when that preview happens and go down for like a day or so. Sure. Other than after that, uh, the next trip will be over New Year's. Very nice. Christmas, New Year's trip again. So, All right. Well, it sounds great. And again, thanks so much for being on the show. And if you're interested in sharing a trip with us, reach out to Michael. Uh, Michael, why don't you give him that email address one last time? Okay. It is michael.b.tie. It's T-I-G-H-E at gmail.com. And uh, reach out to Michael. He'll help get you scheduled. And we'd love to talk to you about your next uh, family vacation, really of any kind. Although, uh, obviously, our, our first priority is to talk about Disney destination vacations. Thanks again. All right. Thank you. One little spark of inspiration is at the heart of all creation. Right at the start of everything that's new. One little spark lights up for you. Oh, hello there. So glad you could come along. I am the Dream Finder. Musical notes. What delightful melodies those will make. I love these flights of fancy, searching the countryside for sounds, colors, ideas, anything that sparks the imagination. A sunbeam, that's a good one. Everything that I can collect can inspire amazing and marvelous new ideas. And you never know what kind of figment you may come up with. <laughs> Here's my favorite. Two tiny Eyes big and yellow, horns of a steer, but a lovable fella. From head to tail, he's royal purple pigment, and there voila, you've got a figment, a figment of imagination.